0: Hi everybody, and welcome to this episode of RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby, and this is episode 50 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. You can also find RV Miles on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you would like to keep up with Jason and I and Jack, Ethan, and Henry, our three boys, we are over at OurWanderingFamily.com. And we are also on YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: Episode 50. That's a big number.
1: We're the big five zero. Big five We're growing up.
0: We're almost a year. We next week will be our one year anniversary because we had one.
1: We took a week off. We took one week off. We took a break. Took a break. Because we were really stressed out after the San Bernardino (laughs) mountains. (laughs) They left us a little traumatized. We needed a week off.
0: So we're pretty proud to have been here for just under a year with you guys
1: so far. That's wild. Yeah. I can't believe it. And we're sitting in the same room where it started. We are. A year ago. We're
0: in Kansas City, Missouri.
1: We are. We're here for just one more week. Then we are heading out, going back to the in-laws for a little bit. And then Chicago, we're coming for you for a while. We're going to go home sweet home, Chicago. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Chicago for a little bit. That'll last for about four days.
0: Because there's nothing like Chicago (laughs) in August.
1: There's nothing like Chicago in August. I'll look at you after day four and I'll say, Okay, mm, I'm it's good. 110 <laughs> degrees, and my hair is wet
0: the second I walk
1: outside. Time to go now. <laughs> Let's head north.
0: <laughs> On this episode, we're going to talk through some tips for finding campground reviews, which we think is very helpful. Um, there, you have to take campground reviews with a grain of salt, but we think campground reviews are really helpful to sort of read people's personal experiences and, and get sort of an idea whether that campground is right for you and your family.
1: We have done it time and time again. Every time we need to go to a place we're not familiar with or a new area we're not familiar with, we turn to the good old interwebs and we just kind of see what people are talking about. So we actually changed up this entire episode to sort of insert this segment because as we will talk about later, We ran across a piece of news. Yeah, it was
0: spawned by something.
1: It was, and so we'll tease it. (laughs) We'll talk about it in the second segment, but it was due to that news article that we found, that PR press release we found, that we thought, all right, we need to talk about this.
0: (laughs) We're also going to talk about some small-town America tips, some of the reasons we love visiting small-town America and some of our favorite small towns that we've visited so far.
1: Yeah, because we've done a lot of I think major or state capitals, but we haven't really talked a lot about small town America yeah. and how cool it is to roll into a place where there's only a few hundred people that call it home. Yeah. When the Epperson's roll in, like the population goes up like <laughs> 10%.
0: <laughs> we also have a gear tip of the week, but first, let's... I'm
1: sorry, wait, did you say gear I did tip? It's a gear tip. What about an app tip, Jason? Are you already out of apps? No, I'm you can't not of app I can't possibly be out. I just don't want to.
0: <laughs> I don't want to overload people with apps. So we're gonna we're gonna.
1: They only have so much space on their phone.
0: <laughs> we're gonna revolve. We're gonna do a gear tip one week and an app tip next week.
1: Yeah, and maybe one of these days I'll throw in an audio book. I yeah, know, and that, that sounds I, so that, exciting. Don't, don't
0: push it. Don't push it.
1: But I love audiobooks. Is anyone else out there who loves audiobooks? Let's talk. I want to know what you're listening to.
0: <laughs> but before we get to all that, this episode is sponsored by Boondockers Welcome. Built by RVers for RVers, Boondockers Welcome offers a unique and inspiring way to travel, connecting you, the RVer, with welcoming local hosts that have overnight RV parking to spare. Boondockers Welcome is built on the spirit that kindness and generosity abound.
1: And for only $30 a year, you too can arrange as many stays as you like to pass a night with those who love the RV lifestyle as much as you do. And the best part about all of this is that Boondockers Welcome is offering RV Miles listeners 10% off an annual guest privilege subscription with coupon code RV Miles. That's all one word RV Miles. That's 10% off the $30 a year, not $30 a month, $30 a year guest subscription with coupon code RVMILES. Head over to boondockerswelcome.com or check out the show notes for a link and get started today.
0: Okay, let's do the news.
1: Let's do it. What do you got?
0: (laughs) First, Cape Hatteras has recorded a record-breaking number for June, the highest visitor numbers they've had in 16 years.
1: That's incredible.
0: And, you know, we see these sort of press releases all the time. There are lots of national park Uh, destinations are constantly touting okay we're hitting the record numbers this year again this month again I have noticed though that this summer there has been a tiny little drop from last year most parks are saying that their attendance has gone down so far slightly over last year which is good I mean people visiting national parks is great but obviously it Uh, overcrowding has been a problem. And a 10% growth a year was kind of unsustainable.
1: Completely unsustainable. So it's nice to give them a hair of a break. I think what's happening though, too, is one of the things, so we're seeing some of perhaps maybe the big 10 or the more well-known national parks seeing a very slight dip as they continue into their summer season. But some of the lesser known or less visited parks are actually seeing an increase. And I think that that is part of this cycle where, as we have talked about and how others have talked about as well, get out beyond just those main parks out of the Grand Canyon, Zion, Rocky Mountain, Yosemite, Yellowstone, and take a look at what else is out there. There are over 400 National Park Service sites. You don't have to just go to those. And so I think this is part of why Cape Hatteras has the numbers that they had for June. People are looking for alternatives still inside their national park to support the national park but perhaps hopefully not dealing with some of the crowds.
0: Yeah. I think fuel prices are keeping people a little bit at bay this year. Yeah, that's perhaps. a good point too. Um and and maybe just the the crowding of last year or maybe we're just at we're just at that number that is, you know, we we had a big boom and now we're at a, so yeah, we've, we're a number that's leveled out. I don't
1: know. I mean, I don't know. I've got to say when we were driving from, you know, we drove through three states to mm-hmm. go visit your parents last week and we went through Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. The difference in gas prices from Missouri to Iowa was almost a 40 cent gallon yeah. difference. We were over three dollars at one point in Iowa, And we crossed into Missouri. By the time we got back here to the Kansas City area, it was $2 and 54 cents. That was in uh, like a four hour period. (laughs) Yeah. And it was
0: even 20 more cents in Illinois.
1: Yes. It was even more expensive. I think (laughs) everyone knows that though. You go into Illinois, gas is expensive. But
0: RV sales have leveled off a little bit as well. So I think there's just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of insecurity about the economy. There's a little bit of price awareness happening with, with fuel and and that sort of thing that might be leveling things off just a hair, meaning it's not growing. It's just staying at these ridiculously high numbers. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: don't get excited and think that, oh, well, I don't need to book that campground six months out from now. Everything's fine again. No, you're probably still going to need to book that popular campground six months out. Yeah.
0: Okay. next in the news, there is a new company I found this really cool.
1: I'm really excited about this. This
0: company is called local fit. And if you're aware of this program called movie pass where you pay a flat fee a month, I think it's like $10 a month and you can essentially go to pretty much any movie that you want to and they pay the movie theater. This is sort of the same thing, but for gym memberships, for travelers, it's called local fit and for $10 Ten dollars a month is their normal price if you pay for a year at a time. Uh, or if you if you pay one month at a time, it's twenty dollars a month. You get access to six thousand gyms across the country. And having access to gyms on the road when you're RVing is a lifesaver because you can go in and take not only get a good workout, you can take awesome showers, especially if you're boondocking and not wanting to pay to stay at a campground and not wanting to have to keep refilling your water in your RV, you can go into a health club and get your workout in, take a good shower, get all cleaned up and and hit the road. So what this company's doing right now is they're offering half off if you, if you purchase in advance. They're actually not launching until the end of August. So you'll get your card in, in August, which isn't very far away. No,
1: it's about six weeks.
0: So you can go to local fits website and pay for a year right now and they'll charge you 60 bucks for $5 a month. And what you do is you get your card and you can take it to any of these gyms and you go in and you buy a one day pass with your card. So it's super simple process. And we just, we just, uh, went to a lifetime fitness on a, on a friend's membership, they had gave us a like a week pass, and man, I got to tell you, that was super convenient.
1: It was to like be able to go and,
0: I mean, lifetime fitness, fitness is awesome, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but you know, just to be able to go to a pool and and relax and cool off in this heat,
1: it was fantastic. We actually, full disclosure, we actually put the kids in the kids gym for about an hour, hour and a half. They had a great time. They have a great kids gym here. We put them there. And then rather than rather than working out, which is generally what you do, uh, Jason and I went and laid by the pool. Yeah. And this particular lifetime also has a bar. (laughs) So we got a couple of sangria slushies. The lady was so lovely. She brought them over to us. We were in we were reclining out. We did not take the computer. We said, we're going to take this time and we're going to take a little break from work. And we enjoyed some drinks. We laid by the pool. Just the two of us enjoyed the peace and quiet for about 90 minutes, then went and got the kids and had some really great family swim time. And that was so relaxing and so enjoyable and something we have not done in a very long time. So I appreciated the opportunity to explore the gem here in the Kansas City area.
0: Yeah. Now I don't know that Lifetime is is going to be a member of the local fit network. Yeah. Do
1: not I, I assume that at all. I doubt it. Yeah. Because the cost of they're Lifetime. doing okay. They're, they're a high
0: end gym, uh, but there are. I mean, I'm looking at the map. You can look at the map on Local Fit's website, localfitusa.com, and you can see all the gyms that are available and see if they're in areas that you might travel to.
1: Yeah. That would be the biggest thing for me is we had talked about picking up a gym membership, you know, planet fitness, lifetime, these sort of national chains where you can go anywhere. And that's always the biggest question for me is does it fit into our travels? Is it worth the investment? Because you know what, going out for a run and a hike or taking a walk or doing some yoga at your campground where you can access these YouTube videos now for free and you can, there are so many things you can do now on your own to care for your body and care for your mind and spirit that maybe a gym membership doesn't make sense. But what I love about this new program is what you said earlier. If you're out boondocking, if you don't have you know access or perhaps even just your bathhouse at the campground isn't the nicest and you can now go over to a gym and you can get a workout in, but you can take a shower. And that to me is worth $10 a yeah, month.
0: We've actually gone to a kid's swimming school before. Goldfish. When we were at a... Uh, a campground who's closed their showers for the season we went to a kid swimming school and paid $15 for the family swim so we got to swim for uh, two, hours. two hours and have some really nice showers on top of that
1: yeah you just do what you yeah. have to do when you're out on the road and you're making these decisions to not perhaps have some of the conveniences you would have in a sticks and bricks or if you just don't have the luxury of where you're camping to have access to water all the time. So you can constantly take a shower in the rig, do what you have to do. There are so many options out there to make it work and to still have a good time. We had a great time swimming. Goldfish is awesome.
0: Now there is one catch with local fit. It is for travelers. So if you're thinking, wow, that's a really cheap price, that's a lot cheaper than I'm paying for my gym right now, I'll just get that. You cannot use it within 35 miles of your home address. Right. So it is for when you're out on the road. That's how they make it so cheap. It's for people to use when they're out on the road. So you, if you're a full-time RVer, you're getting a, you're getting a great deal with something like this. Yeah.
1: Well, we talked about this for a long time. All right. We're really excited about on. it. Yeah. We got to move <laughs> on from this. So this week's America's National Parks podcast is out. We'll wrap up the news with this. And who knew talking about dam removal Could be so fascinating, (laughs) but I'm sure a lot of you will be familiar with this story of the Elwha River in Olympic National Park and the 20 plus years they planned and then carried out the removal of this dam to free the river. The
0: world's biggest dam removal.
1: So fascinating. So fascinating to learn what happens to an ecosystem when you control it. And then, and then what happens to, to that system when you free it? Yeah. Really an incredible story. Plus, it just made us yearn to go to Olympic.
0: I really want to go to Olympic. Oh, yeah. man. There's so many different. You get the mountains. You get the the ocean and whales and it's starfish. The full package.
1: It's the full national park and package. And then you
0: get jungle and rainforest. It's crazy. Yeah, I would love to go. I'm dying to go.
1: Yeah, so that's out if you haven't given it a listen or haven't checked out america's national parks podcast please join us you can find us on any podcast app
0: okay it is time everybody ready are you prepared it is <laughs> time for the gear of the week
1: don't build it up so much jason not, not because the, then it's a of letdown. the gear of, <laughs> hey this is i'm hey, not saying i'm I, just saying
0: i work really hard on <laughs> Talking about a product that I already use.
1: Yes, you do. <laughs> on a product that you've already vetted over and over and over and over again. So yes.
0: my, my gear tip of the week. Um, we're always having issues with wrapping up cords and uh, our power cord on the RV, the hose, all kinds of stuff like that. Tying them up nicely, not having phone chargers and all our podcast equipment all over our bus so i really love this product called gear tie from night eyes night night eyes is a is a cool company i've talked about them before they make a lot of really neat little gadgety uh uh devices and what these are they're they're sort of like a long wire like a flexible wire wrapped in a, a a rubber coating and they've got little feet on the end and they're flexible So say you're trying to wrap up your RV power cord, you take one of these guys and once you've, you know, sort of coiled your cord up, you just twist it around it and you can twist around in all kinds of different ways and it'll hold it in place. You can also do all kinds of other little crazy things with these things.
1: Mine is currently being used as an iPhone stand. We have bent and twisted in such a way that it's holding up my phone for me while we're doing the podcast. So I can look at my notes.
0: If you're like working on your engine, you can put a flashlight in one and sort of like wrap it around the arm of your hood to hold it in place and point it in the direction you want it to. Henry
1: loves them.
0: They're, they're a lot of fun for the kids. Yeah.
1: Our five-year-old is convinced that he's going to build a house with them. (laughs) (laughs) He's gotten all the materials out and the foundation will be built upon these gear ties.
0: And like I said, we, we sort of tie up and wrap all our, our podcast equipment with them as well. They're available in all sorts of different lengths. And the longer they are, sort of the, the thicker and, and more robust they get. They're about an average, I'd say, of like a dollar fifty a piece. A little bit more for the bigger ones, a little bit less for the smaller ones. You can get a box of um of twelve of them for about thirty bucks from Amazon or anywhere else. They're also in all that big outdoor retailer store, So we'll link to those in the show notes. Gear ties. I think they're really cool and really, really worth looking at for a quick and easy sort of catch all repair organizer little gadget.
1: Yeah, I love them because it encourages Jason to want to organize things. That's rare. It's, it's so rare. rare. But if you give him outdoorsy gear looking stuff that he can bend around and have colors and it's, you know, he can play around with all of a sudden he's like the organizing king and I am a very happy individual because in a small space it's very important to stay organized you
0: know what they are essentially they're like the twist ties that go around your bread right
1: yeah except
0: except bigger and they're like the
1: hulk version of those
0: (laughs) so you can use if you've got like a power tool you can use them to wrap up the cord with stuff like that excellent product let's take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about campground reviews as well as having the answer to last week's brain teaser.
1: We'll be right back.
0: All right, we're back. and before we get into the brain teaser, the answer to last week's brain teaser, couple things we wanna we want to sort of a couple loose ends we have to wrap up uh, over some things from the for the last couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, we didn't mention a brain teaser or winner for last week's episode. I did it again.
1: You did it again. did it again. It's because you get so excited to talk about well, last week yeah. it was you were so excited to talk about an app.
0: it was it was
1: were, and we forgot. We really forgot. And that is just, we feel so bad when people reach out. Well, thank you to people who reach out and let us know.
0: So last week's winner, which was the camel one, which was. mm, Everyone loved.
1: mm, I don't know. I don't know. Not Jason's favorite.
0: (laughs) Uh, That was Jill Swanson from Florida.
1: Congratulations, Jill. Thank you for solidarity with me and liking (laughs) and knowing the answer. To the brain teaser,
0: and thank you, Howard, for pointing that out. Uh, Howard is is one of our great listeners who's always commenting and giving us feedback, and always answering the brain teaser. Howard also pointed out uh, when we talked about this product called Reflectix on episode forty eight, uh, we were discussing beating the heat in the RV. Now, Reflectix is this product that looks like chrome bubble wrap. <laughs> it's sort of, you know, a reflective bubble wrap product. Um, Howard pointed out to us that he had heard on, on another podcast that there is some concern about using reflectix on the inside of an RV window because the amount of heat that it might trap inside there might crack the window. So we've done a little research and have tried to figure out, um, there's any truth to that. And it seems like there are a lot of concerns about that. However, we haven't been able to find a single verifiable incident that it has actually happened and broke a window. Uh, and we do know that Reflectix and products like it have been used on windshields and, and clear windows for forever. You know, the any sort of sunshade that you put in your front window is pretty much the same product. But I guess the concern is the super dark tinted windows that most RVs have on the sides. And the fact that the heat is coming in through those windows and the Reflectix is bouncing it back, but it's not getting back out the window.
1: Right. And the moist, the potential for moisture that can build up between the window and the Yeah. in the winter
0: specifically, you get a lot of Moisture issues. So the best thing you can do is, if you're going to use Reflectix, is to use it on the outside of your RV. It might look a little stupid, but you know what? If you're that desperate and it's that hot, it's worth it. And you could put it on if you've got a metallic RV, you could put it on with magnets uh, to hold it in place, or you can get little Velcro strips, uh, little command strips to hold in place. We talked to some people who tend to use it on the outside of their RV when they are long-term somewhere and then they stick it on the inside window on travel days and when they're you know just doing an overnight stop so yeah
1: and we've reached out to reflectix as well just to kind of get some confirmation from them and we haven't heard back but if they do end up responding we'll certainly let you know because it is a concern but what was sort of a red flag for us and being able to say yes this happens is that on forums, RV forums in articles. Everyone was concerned, but no one could confirm. Yeah. And that is always where it's hard to recommend or say yes or no. When you don't have someone saying, yes, this absolutely happened to me. And if someone is listening and it did absolutely happen to them, we would love to talk. Yeah. To you. We do
0: know it's a product that that people that, you know, that are in court site, people that are, are, Going to
1: Burning, burning man. man
0: are constantly using Reflectix to, you know, to sort of beat the heat, but not to be a be Burning safe, Man <laughs> to be safe. Use it on the outside or just, you know, watch the temperature and be careful if it is on the inside. Let's do the answer to last week's brain teaser. Let's do it. It went like this.
1: And let's make sure we announce the winner this time, too. Oh, OK. Before okay. you oh, jump oh, to the all news. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A camper is trying to gain access to a notorious but exclusive camping resort that requires a passcode for entry. After observing the entrance for about an hour, he notices that the campers entering through the guardhouse seem to have some sort of passcode system using numbers. When someone approaches the gate, they are given a number, and then they reply with a number. The first person steps up, and the guard tells them 12. To which they respond, six. The person is admitted. A second person approaches the gate, and the guard tells them six. To which they reply, three. The second person is also admitted. Convinced that he has cracked the code, our camper approaches the gate, and the guard tells him ten. To which he confidently replies, five. The guard immediately slams the gate. What should the camper have said? No, No ideas?
1: Oh, I have yeah. ideas. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can I'm happy to give the answer. It was 3 because there are 3 letters in the word yeah. 10.
0: Yeah, this one was pretty simple. It all, was all you had to do was get past the fact that it wasn't <laughs> half, you know, 6 is half of 12. No, what I had to get past <laughs> was the fact half that half the six.
1: <laughs> That's not what I had to get past. I had to get past the fact that the camper hiding in the bushes A was never discovered. Clearly did not drive his RV up to the gate, but just moseyed on up there. Those were the things I had to get past before I could actually <laughs> pay attention to the question, uh, which was 10, three letters. Please enter to our exclusive RV park.
0: <laughs> we got a lot of correct answers on this one this week. Our winner is Mark Wadsworth from Texas.
1: Congratulations, Mark! You too will be receiving a "Not All Who Wander Are Lost" T-shirt from the RV Miles Swag Amazon Shop.
0: Okay, let's talk about Camp Crown Review. So, this was spawned from we saw one of the strangest press releases we've seen in a while, and this this press release was was sent through like a network where you pay to insert press releases and, and get it out to all kinds of outlets, not just sort of, uh, you know, people who are in the RV and outdoor news reporting business. Like we are, this, this was in like a, a you know, one of these big services that goes out to sort of every news outlet.
1: And we look, <laughs> let's just say to begin with, we look at a lot of press releases every day between our two performing arts publications, and our three RV or travel lifestyle publications, we look at a lot of press releases and they vary in all different levels of maybe it's a PR agent. Maybe it's someone within your organization or maybe you're someone learning the ropes. And this one, this one takes the cake.
0: So we won't mention the campground because I I don't know. We just try to be positive here on, on the show. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm going to bleep out the name of the campground here. Press release went like this. After many years as a loyal TripAdvisor customer, XYZ Campground has decided to part ways with the travel site. As of July 2018, users are no longer able to search for the RV park on TripAdvisor as the account has been deactivated. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, that they were members of TripAdvisor and blah, 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 and that you should visit their Facebook page. It doesn't say why.
1: <laughs> no, that's all it says is we are done with TripAdvisor. So but
0: clearly this is not how TripAdvisor works, right? TripAdvisor no. lists places and you don't choose to be on TripAdvisor. Like no. if, if reviewers put you on there, you're on there and your reviews stay there. So you can go to TripAdvisor and read this campground's reviews. And they course, are still there. That's all this did for me was call out the fact that this campground has some Pretty terrible reviews recently on TripAdvisor, which is clearly why they left. And or which is or or
1: they didn't leave. They didn't. They leave. can't they, leave. They canceled but.
0: their personal account, which yes stops them from responding to reviews and yeah. it stops them from reviewing other things. But their their campground is still there and their reviews are are still there. Uh, anyway, we thought that it actually might be really cool to talk a little bit about campground reviews and how you find them, what to do with them, and which ones you should ignore, which ones you should listen to, and that sort of thing.
1: Because no matter what you do as an organization, not everyone can like you. It's not possible. We have learned that. Not everyone who listens to us is going to like us, and that is okay. That is You're right. And just like it is content
0: with the fact that 99% of people do.
1: Yes. And And we thank you for that. This particular campground was not content with the fact that 99% of those reviews did not like them. And I think that this (laughs) was, this was a knee jerk reaction to try and say, no, 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 no. This is all inaccurate. And again, like Jason has said, you have to take all reviews with a grain of salt. The ones that are, particularly awful or maybe the ones that are particularly glowing. I kind of filter those out and I look for the ones that meet me in the middle of the road or just seem to be like they're not someone's best friend who owns that yeah. building or not someone's enemy who <laughs> didn't like the way they treated them in high school.
0: There there's also a lot to be said about the different types of people out there. We're all looking for different things. So I'm looking for reviews that mention the things that I'm interested in. So if, if somebody gives some, uh, some campground a two-star review and the reasons they have for it have nothing to do with things I'm interested in, like the dog park was run down. I don't have a dog, so I don't care. That sort of stuff is important to me to be able to go in and read and see why this review is this way so that I know what applies to me and what doesn't.
1: And I think it's important too that people, if they feel moved, do share their opinion on the place that they were in. Share it in a valid, constructive way, not in a way that's just going to tear someone down because you're angry over a particular situation that happened. Try to keep that between you and the park. Try to resolve that with the manager or the owner.
0: I'm never a fan of reviews that say, you know, they did this to me, but don't mention whether they told the management about it, tried to get it resolved. You know, they overcharged me. Okay. Did you complain and did they give you a refund or did you not? And they, you know, they kept to it. What was it? You know, because accidents happen. We all know that. So those are type of reviews that I like to try to sort of discount to.
1: Absolutely. And I think when it comes to this, they overcharged me or there was an issue with the system One of the things to keep in mind about those kinds of conflicts is that a lot of these campgrounds, this is a very new world for them. Online reservations, you know, taking payment over phones or working with these credit card machines. That doesn't excuse them, but this is an industry that is still kind of old school in some of these independent RV parks, you know, or even... When we go and stay at an Army Corps of Engineer, I can write a check. Who writes a check anymore? That is, I don't even have to order checks on a regular basis because I can't remember outside of an Army Corps of Engineer and our car payment. And it's amazing to me that I have to pay our car payment by check. When was the last time you wrote a check for something?
0: So I don't pay much attention to sort of the overall rating unless it's really terrible. I like to go in and first find the park in the area that I want to be and then go in and sort of really read some reviews.
1: And where do you go to do that? Because we keep saying we like to go in, but maybe we should mention some of the platforms we like to use in order to make a decision.
0: Hey, so TripAdvisor is a good one.
1: (laughs) TripAdvisor is great. TripAdvisor
0: is actually one of the best places I have found to go see campground reviews for some reason. There are campgrounds that are reviewed on TripAdvisor that are not reviewed anywhere else. And I don't know why that is. There are some that are not on there as well, but uh, it's a really good place. There is no place. And we've mentioned this before, when you just go find campgrounds, there just is no place that is, has everything. So, so I do go around to different, different sites to find some of this stuff. TripAdvisor is nice, but TripAdvisor, the one, drawback of TripAdvisor is it is just sort of up to the person who is reviewing to just give their general idea. It doesn't ask them for any specific prompts or anything. Uh, similarly, Google, if you, you know, if you Google a location, you can usually see some reviews that are written about it there. And reviews for public parks are very common on Google. The one thing you have to be careful about with public park reviews too is a lot of times The review will have nothing to do with camping. It will have to do with something else to do with the park. You know, the company who rents the boats screwed me over. So I'm gonna give the whole park a bad rating and really it ends up on the campground review instead of the park itself. So that's something you have to be careful about, but Google is is a good option. One of the, the best sites we go to to find campgrounds in general is all stays and we use their website and their app. The app is actually a little bit better. uh, If you pay for the app, it's like $10 and they have almost every campground on there, but their review system is terrible and there aren't a whole lot of reviews on there and it ends. You click on reviews and it takes you to some weird Google link and then you have to click on the reviews again and then you get them.
1: If I have to click and click and click and I start <laughs> leaving the site, I you've lost me. I'm yeah. I'm just going to enter in a new search and, and try to find somewhere else. But
0: some of these places only have reviews on all states. Like, uh, especially some of the overnight stops, like a casino or a Walmart or something like that. They usually have some reviews on there that you can see if somebody has stayed there recently. So you can know if that Walmart still allows it. Did they ask and that sort of stuff.
1: But I think... It's important to note, too, and this, again, is kind of why we prompted to bring this segment in this week, is that these sites are not paid to have reviews. The owners of campgrounds or businesses, organizations do not pay to be on these sites. They do not have control over the reviews. And that is really important to note, because when you see a press release like this particular company that says we're pulling out We don't want to have anything more to do with this. It gives the impression that they are in a mutually agreed upon relationship with TripAdvisor and that there could potentially be some financials being exchanged, that they are angry at them for allowing these poor reviews to be associated with them. TripAdvisor has no control over that. That is on the owner of the campground and the experience that they are providing those particular people who have chosen to voice their opinion through that platform.
0: So my favorite place to get campground reviews is a website called campendium.com, which we'll link to in the show notes as well. And the reason it's my favorite is it really asks all the reviewers for some specific information, and then it sort of aggregates that. What do I mean by that? The last price paid. There's a, you go to, I'm looking at Rock Creek State Park in Newton, Iowa right now. I'm sorry, Kellogg, Iowa right now. And it's listing at the top of the listing on Campendium. It lists the, the address of the campground, its overall star rating, uh, a, a link to its website, its phone number, its GPS location. Uh, so you can enter those GPS numbers into your phone. The last price paid so, if campgrounds are changing their rates and stuff, it shows you what people paid most recently. And this one says twenty dollars. Number of sites, uh, whether they accept reservations, the elevation, uh, the maximum length of the of RV that can fit into the park, and whether they allow tent tent camping. Then they have a list. of, They have sort of a, a range of photos, and photos are always great to be able to just sort of really look at the sites and see if photos they're, and YouTube they're are great for, you. for that. Mm-hmm. And then they have a a sort of rating summary and their ratings aren't just a five star rating. It's five stars broken up by access, location, cleanliness, site quality, and noise. So each of those different things is rated. So if you don't care about noise, say you're just staying for one night and it really doesn't matter to you if it's a noisy park or not, or you like, you will want a party park. You can ignore that portion, right? If you don't care about the bathroom cleanliness because you only use your RV bathroom, then you can ignore that part. And then what it lists is cell phone coverage. So when somebody when somebody puts a review in on Campendium, it asks them what service provider do you have for your cell phone and how many bars of signal do you get? So this campground lists Verizon 3G coverage is three bars. AT&T, 4G, LTE coverage, three bars. It's got an X on T-Mobile. That either means, I'm not sure if that means that somebody had T-Mobile and got none, or if it means they don't have anything for T-Mobile. Uh, either anymore. way, it's
1: not good for T-Mobile.
0: Right? Uh, and then below that, it has the reviews. And you can see people's reviews and and see why they listed the things they had and what time of year they were and, and get some ideas Behind that.
1: That's one of my favorite things about a Campendium mm-hmm. review is that it says, I stayed there June 2018. So you know immediately, and it's right up at the top. You don't have to see it down there as a timestamp after the review, it's up at right. the top. So you know immediately, this is a recent, recent review. review. Right. I can Pretty much trust that what they're talking about in there still applies to the campground. Yeah, I gotta say,
0: I completely ignore reviews that are over a year old on any campground. Yeah, I do too. Usually, totally worthless.
1: Yeah, I just want to hear from people that have recently been there,
0: so you can see the reviews. And then there's another tab that's for blog posts. If people have written blog posts about this campground, they can link to them here, and you can click on them and you can read sort of in-depth reviews.
1: I love this site. So if you're someone listening who likes to write reviews, about the places you've been and you have not used Campendium yet. Please go over there and start doing it. Like this is your this is your place. This is your wheelhouse. It will give you everything you need to put together a solid review on these campgrounds and that is just so helpful to your fellow traveler yeah. to know what they're getting into, especially in some of these smaller parks where they maybe don't have a very updated website. Maybe they don't even have a website at all. Or some of the smaller towns you're going to, you just don't quite, you know, you just don't feel quite comfortable with the area. Hearing from someone who has been there in their written word is so comforting.
0: Yeah. So take reviews with a grain of salt, be a good neighbor and provide reviews. And when you do provide reviews, be courteous and be understanding of of the park and the issues that they might be facing as well. All right. Let's break. Let's break. Break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk
1: about small town small America. Town America. Be right back. Hey, Abby. Yeah.
0: Why do we like small towns?
1: Because we were born in a small town. <laughs> we're gonna live and die in a small town. <laughs> because John Cougar Mellencamp told us don't, to like small towns. Don't
0: forget the Cougar.
1: Don't forget the Cougar. <laughs> I just <laughs> that song is gonna be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Thank you, Jason. <laughs>
0: We love visiting small towns. Um, and when we say small towns, we're talking about really off the beaten path places. Usually some sometimes we're talking about sort of these kitschy resort areas, but a lot of times off the beaten path places that really aren't even set up that much for visitors. But they they're often... not dependent
1: upon one source of tourism income. Yeah. About it. There might be a lot of tourism push, especially small towns that have like kitschy old timey themes to them, like where we just were a couple weekends ago. But their life is not dependent upon whether or not the, that park attached to them succeeds or this, you know, big museum comes in or, or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. They're a real opportunity to experience the culture and the history of a of a community. And
1: And what makes that particular area special and unique, like one of the small towns that we're going to talk about is Galena or Dubuque. They're kind of very close to each other and they're very tied in to the Mississippi river. And that makes, you know, that was a really important part of their history and culture and their economic growth.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, or around a president or, uh, you know, like independence, Missouri um, and, and Harry Truman. Uh, There, there are just a lot of opportunities to find places like, Marceline, Missouri, you know, which was the inspiration for Main Street USA at Disneyland and and Disney World where Walt Disney grew up.
1: Oh, hand to heart. (laughs) I mean, Main Street USA.
0: We really love.
1: Yes, we do. That's small town America. That's Main Street USA. If people come out on a trolley and they do a little dance in their like (laughs) late 19th century garb, they have me. I love them. I will stay in your town forever.
0: You get to experience local merchants and local restaurants and, and, and the food and the crafts and the the things that are sold and created in these small towns.
1: I think if for small towns and one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about them or why we really love them just as much as we love our urban and metropolitan big cities, but with a small town, you really get the opportunity to shop local and experience the very specific local life to that town. Sometimes when we get into a big city, we are overwhelmed with not only the local flavor, but chain restaurants, chain shopping, big museums, and a lot of grand. Whereas in the small towns, it's the it's the barber. It's the one barber shop. It's the one salon. It's The couple, two or three restaurants. There's a really great show that I love on PBS called A Chef's Life. I don't know if anyone has ever watched this, but it is about a, a chef who her and her husband lived in New York. They had fantastic careers in New York. And she got an offer from her parents to come back to their incredibly small town in North Carolina and open a restaurant. And this restaurant is seasonal built completely around the local farmers in the community. And that to me is the idea of coming back and being local. This one or two restaurants that really highlight the cuisine of that area. I love this show. If you have not watched it, her name is Vivian Howard. She's wonderful. I would love to go to her restaurant. It's a super big deal now, so you probably can't ever get in. But I think that that sort of, for me, is another idea of what it means to be local.
0: Yeah, you know, so the idea here is that if you're planning a long road trip or something like that, say you're going to do Route 66, you know, you don't have to list your destinations out by, you know, Oklahoma City, the Grand Canyon, uh, all the different big national parks sort of stops along the way. You can sort of look at the small towns like Winslow, Arizona and and decide to spend some time there. You don't have to just go through a small town in a day. You can go just like you might go to Yellowstone for two weeks. You can go spend two weeks in a small town and really get, you know, start to get to know you go in, go into that McDonald's where all the old men are every single morning and meet with them and ask them what to do, what to see, what they should know about the history of that area. You know, go into the local coffee shop the local donut shop and 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 meet the people and 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 talk to them talk to your servers at the restaurants
1: and that's what that book road food which we have talked about in the past is exactly built around this idea of skipping the maybe better rated on tripadvisor or <laughs> yelp the popular ones and going to the local diners going to the little cafes or bakeries and that's where you're going to find the community, that's where you're really going to get to learn about that area. That is awesome. And if you don't have this book, we highly recommend it. It's if you're a foodie or even if you're not, it's just kind of fun to have and learn about all these places that they have traveled to all over the country and the people that they have met.
0: So let's talk about a few of the favorite small towns we have visited in this country.
1: And we haven't visited a ton, like do not get the impression that we've been all over the country, and we've been to small-town yeah. USA everywhere. We have an entire East Coast that is still calling Wanderbus that we need to explore. Yeah, and
0: I have, a, I have a hunch that there are a few small towns yeah. that are fairly nice in the East Coast, probably quite a bit. <laughs>
1: probably quite a bit, and there are definitely plenty in the South, and there are everywhere, yeah, so and these are just is, the ones. They're
0: mostly in the center of the country.
1: Yeah, they're just now. the ones our travel has taken us to. Yeah. And we felt fit this mold and we wanted to share them with people in case they find themselves in the area.
0: So our first one is Galena, Illinois. And Galena is a, a a sort of river town of right off the Mississippi near Dubuque, Iowa, sort of across the river. It's not right on the river. It's on its own. It's actually on its own river. I can't remember the name of the river. It's on another small river, but it's not on the Mississippi River like Dubuque is. But they're all sort of the same community. They're a little
1: intertwined, yeah.
0: And we talked about Dubuque quite a bit on our uh, our Great River Road episode, if you want to yeah. check that out. I think it's episode 18, if I, I, I think remember it was, right.
1: I think it was episode 10. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I think it was. It's one of those early yeah, ones. Yeah, it's so, an early one.
0: Uh So check that out. Dubuque is an awesome river town full of uh, big river boats that you can go and explore the the, uh, the Mississippi they- River Museum is a wonderful, one of the best museums we've ever been to.
1: Great Army Corps of Engineer campground nearby.
0: So, but Galena, uh, Galena, Illinois is, is, is sort of this town where uh, history still is there. You know, they have not changed much about Galena since it was really a boom town in the 1800s.
1: Lots of flat iron buildings along the main street. Ulysses S. Grant has a home there or was given a home to use as a yeah. command center during the Civil War. And they have kind of built up a little a little uh, historical town in and around that. They've moved like a little post office from that time period, a schoolhouse. You can go up the hill from Galena and tour that. And man, that is just right up my alley.
0: So it's a town full of... Of small town shops. It is a little touristy, you know. Yes. It is sort of a getaway town for the Illinois area, and it, you know, you go and stay in bed and breakfasts, and you can visit a lot of antique shops, a lot of local uh, wineries, and there's a distillery.
1: There's a blacksmith.
0: There. We love the blacksmith. Oh, if you've never had the experience, to sit down and watch a blacksmith work. They have a, uh, it's it's operated by volunteer blacksmiths, but it's sort of an educational experience. You go sit in and you can watch a blacksmith work and he explains everything to the kids and-
1: And to the adults. I had plenty of questions, way more questions than the boys did. And I wanted to know, you know, it's very fascinating to watch them hammer out these pieces that you can also purchase in their gift shop and that helps support their work. Really cool. It's no charge to go in there. Yeah, They just want you to come in and experience what this was like. This blacksmith was built. The building itself was built like in the late 19th century around. I think it was like 1890 or so. And they have preserved it and cared for it yeah. and continue the tradition. And you find a lot of that in Galena. You find a lot of uh, mid to late 19th century tradition being preserved there.
0: The next town on our list is Union Pier, Michigan.
1: And oh Union Pier, you, we love you.
0: We've been going to Union Pier for years and years. We have family that uh, that live there and uh, have a place for us to stay uh, with other family members. We all sort of go up there and
1: it's a family have a reunion once or twice a year.
0: This is sort of a getaway for Chicagoans for the most part in the summer. A lot of a lot of rich Chicagoans have have big homes in this area, but then there are a lot of little cottages and bed and breakfast type places that anyone can. Can afford to rent out
1: and its own community. It is yeah. not dependent upon Chicago coming up and spending its time there. And I feel like we should link New Buffalo, yeah, in with this a little it's, bit it's, to it's New Buffalo Union area
0: of uh, of little tiny resort towns along the coast of Lake Michigan in the very southwestern corner of Michigan, and uh, and you get to. Beyond Lake Michigan, and if a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people that aren't from the Midwest don't realize that we have lots of beaches around Lake Michigan. We if just you don't are get to in, use them very often. Or you're in <laughs> Illinois, there are a lot of beaches, so you can go and and you know lay out on the beach and watch the sunset uh, across a, a a lake so big that it looks like an ocean. And you can go swim in it in fresh water and not get that salty taste in your mouth.
1: Which is wonderful. And then
0: you can go to the Indiana Dunes Nas- uh, National Seashore it's nearby. It's not far from there. The Warren Dunes State Park is a similar thing. Giant, giant sand dunes that you can sort of roll and slide down and climb and, and that sort of stuff.
1: And they have a fantastic bakery and its name is going to escape me now with big as your head maple. Bacon muffin. If you've ever
0: tried a maple bacon muffin.
1: You have not truly lived. Who,
0: Whoever thought to do that was brilliant. They are good. They are darn <laughs> you good.
1: You are so good at what you do. So I apologize to the bakery that I cannot remember your name, remember but we'll name. try and plug them in the show notes if we can. And local shopping, again, an opportunity to interact with the community and support the uh, community. The Round
0: Barn Winery. Uh oh, and so good. Uh, just a lot of little... Little nice little restaurants, little grocery stores, things like that.
1: The next place we want to mention, we're going to move out of the Midwest now. We're going to head south to Bay St. Louis, Mississippi.
0: This is uh,
1: this is a beach town. This is. Yeah. I
0: mean, you're kind of near Biloxi. Yes. Uh, And this there's a there's a bay off of the Gulf of Mexico that comes into inland called Bay St. Louis in this town it's sort of just like a one strip you've got down right on the on the uh waterfront there's all kinds of uh party atmosphere type little you know seafood restaurants and and places and people are out walking all over the place there's shops
1: everywhere it's a very like get out and walk
0: or drive your golf cart. this is one of those, those little re, there's little areas where people drive their golf cart everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. but we loved the food in that area. We loved the vibe of that area. Buccaneer State Park is not far from there and that's where we camped. It's a very short this drive This is a state over. park
0: with a water park in it. Like yeah. it has big They're water slides, around. water park, and it was a really great state park.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of opportunities. You can come in, you can camp, you can have beach access great seafood there's nightlife there's local activities i think when we were there there was um like a little 4-h festival was going to be happening that weekend and it just has such a great mississippi southern vibe to it we were there for such a short amount of time and it was enough time to fall in love and want to return so it's absolutely worth a stop and to check out
0: Next on the list is Silver City, New Mexico.
1: I know. Such a surprise to everyone. We're (laughs) mentioning New Mexico. Well,
0: of all the New Mexico towns we've been to, we've probably been to more towns in New Mexico than any other state and uh, other than than the ones that we're originally from. And Silver City is is such a great little town sort of beneath the mountains uh, where you can get Some great traditional Mexican cuisine.
1: That is Um, where I burnt my face off at that Mexican restaurant Uh where she was like, do Uh you want it hot or mild? And I said, well, I like Uh things hot, (laughs) so I'm going to get hot. And she was like, are you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she brought the, we had Mexican chili and it was days, I think, (laughs) before I could actually feel my tongue again, but I was not I looked at Jason and I said, I'm not going to tell her that this is too hot. She warned me and I am going to sit here and eat all of this. And I'm just going to look like I'm enjoying it. And we (laughs) sat in this Mexican
0: restaurant and everybody that came in knew each other.
1: Oh, I No, the local exterminator
0: came in and everybody knew him. You know, the local. And he was uh, just
1: there to eat. Okay, let's not get the impression he was there to work.
0: The postman was there and everybody knew him. You know, it, it was that sort of experience except for the tourists and there were some tourists in the area mm-hmm. as well because this is right outside of city of rock state park which is a cool cool state park in new mexico yes. with these big giant rock formations that you can stay at and then south of the gila cliff dwellings still about two hours a good to the Gila cliff dwellings yeah. but this is like the closest decent sized town near the the cliff dwellings
1: yeah and when we say small town with this too you know, we're specifically with Silver City because they have a, they have a Walmart and they have, you know, a more yeah, suburban this one was little tiny. area. Yeah. But they had what we're focused on here with this and where we spend our time was their historic downtown yeah. area where there was great local shopping and food. And there was a theater. There was a lovely little community theater that I think was actually doing. I think they were doing the producers I don't or remember. something. It was something where I was surprised they were doing that particular show. But still, even though they had some chain restaurants and they had a Walmart sort of like on the outskirts of their downtown area, it is still a very small town. And it does seem yeah. like everyone knows everyone. Well, I think,
0: you know, the thing for me is the, the the common thing that I enjoy about certain small towns over others is the ones that have these sort of old Main Street downtown districts. Most of those places have abandoned those districts. Right. But the ones that we really enjoy are the ones that have that continue to utilize them, that have revitalized them or they've never went away. And those are the that's still the place to go.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I really love about Independence, Missouri, which didn't make it onto the list only because we have talked about it quite a bit in the past. But they really have embraced Harry Truman and his history there. And the history within their downtown, their old courthouse, the soda fountain shop. Yeah. And it just makes the whole rest of the town, it seems like everything like reverberates from outside that center point, that old downtown and everything just sort of expands from there. So our last little small town that we want to mention, we're headed back up into the Midwest on our way to Voyagers National Park.
0: Yeah, the North.
1: The north. the north we're in the north i it's guess the midwest
0: but it's the north. but
1: it's the north I mean, so for us in
0: chicago like upper wisconsin middle wisconsin that's the north <laughs> the, we don't call yeah. that the midwest we don't even though north. technically it is river, river falls all right dinks you <owe> me a <laughs> coke river falls wisconsin uh i think we've talked about it when we visited minneapolis as well river falls is sort of a uh almost a suburb it's it's a little bit further out than than uh than it would be to call it a suburb. Of yeah, it's no Oak Park,
1: Illinois. You can't say I live in. <laughs> here's the thing. And this is what drives me nuts all the time is when someone says they live in Chicago. And I'll say, oh, like, what neighborhood did you live in? I'm
0: from Aurora. And
1: then they say, yeah. Oh, I lived, I live in St. Charles. OK, St. Charles is it's like an about, hour and a half drive. Yeah, you don't live in <laughs> Chicago. And so this is one of those towns where it is close to Minneapolis-St. Paul, but you couldn't say I'm from Minneapolis-St. Paul. But it it
0: is a good place to be your home base for visiting Minneapolis-St. Paul. It's about a half hour drive from the Mall of America, which we went to too many times. Uh,
1: You mean just enough.
0: (laughs) But what we love about River Falls, Wisconsin, is A, they have a, a sort of main street strip area. And when we were there, they had Bacon Fest going on.
1: Bacon bash.
0: Bacon bash. 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 I'm sorry. Fest
1: was not a strong enough word for what they had going on. This there. is
0: an entire festival around bacon.
1: And on the very last day of Bacon Bash, they had all of the kids line up or gather around this building. And then a gentleman, securely harnessed to a crane, dressed as a pig, went up to the top and threw little stuffy pigs. Down at the children.
0: (laughs) One of ours got one, right?
1: (laughs) One of ours. Two of ours got one. Our middle child. (laughs) It's always the middle child, isn't it? Our middle child. The one who loves stuffed
0: animals.
1: (laughs) Did not. And a bigger kid saw that that happened for him and actually gave him his stuffed pig, which was very, very sweet. Again, Small town mentality. You know,
0: sometimes you go to these sort of food type festivals and they call them something like Bacon Bash. And you go there and there's like a few bacon items and everything else is just the same vendors that are at every single one of these festivals selling the same paintings.
1: Talking to you, Chicago.
0: (laughs) This was not the case with Bacon Bash. Everybody was really out to show their awesome bacon creations.
1: They had a bacon, a kid's bacon cook off yeah. that was judged by um local like local
0: tv celebrities local tv news anchors and things like that.
1: It was very cute. Yeah. We actually have a video of our time at Bacon Bash believe it or not on our our wandering family YouTube channel and we will link to that. It was great. And they also have in River Falls which we loved as well. A I think it's AAA or AA baseball team.
0: Yeah, so they have a they have an RV park. Or a campground sort of place that is only fifteen dollars a night, no reservations, but you get electric hookups and nice showers, and it is attached to a baseball field, and it's it's a, a minor league baseball team. The games are free, so you can go watch one of the baseball games and stay at your little RV park. Now that might be a inconvenience. For Some the people RV may park not like well, that at all. But that RV, that little campground, is also in a nice. Kids park with frisbee golf and
1: oh man, they have a huge kids yeah. park there. The kids loved that they could just run over to this, you know, city park type playground, and it was just right out their door. Nice little trails in and around there. Oh, really? It was a really nice area. And another bonus was that it was within walking distance of the local library. Yeah. And I love visiting they the also library. They also had
0: a classic car show going on while we were there. They, they, all kinds of stuff going on.
1: They were really rolling you know. out the red carpet for us. Bacon <laughs> and cars. It's like they knew, that, they knew that Epperson boys were on their way.
0: All right. Those are our favorite towns. If you have a favorite small town, let us know about it.
1: Yeah, because we'd love to come visit it. Yeah. Especially if it's on the East Coast, because I keep telling Jason... We have got to go east. I don't know how much longer I can wait.
0: So send us a message on social media or at editor at rvmiles.com. And let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. Lisa engaged in a strange activity. Her birthday was approaching and she decided to collect money for her birthday bash. On the first day of the month, she kept a dollar. On the second, she kept two dollars. And on the third, she kept $3 and so on, putting them all in her piggy bank. On her birthday, she opened up her piggy bank and had a total of $276. Can you calculate on which day of the month was her birthday?
1: I'm going to take a a wild guess here. 22nd. We'll find out. We'll find out on on next next week's week's episode
0: (laughs) of the RV Miles podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Absolutely. And if you're enjoying the show, we would very much appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or just sharing us around your next campfire. But until then, have a great week, everyone, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye.